Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Amen. So we did yesterday, we, we spoke last week, and when we spoke, we spoke about, about, about the responsibility of the, um, of the responsibility of the, of the Abrahamic blessing. Responsibilities of the Abrahamic blessings, which is great. And one thing we would need to also, um, so even after I'm understanding that and God saying that, you know, I want you to anoint people because I'm using them to do X, Y, Z and things like that. So we are talking today about Hadin Valley. Hadin Valley. I will start off from from um, First Samuel chapter five and from verse five to seven. But what I'm really particular about, okay, when we say, the Bible says, after that you shall come to the hill where, to the hill of God, where the Philistine garrison is. Uh, that is that's another kind of conversation to have, but it's just interesting that the hill of God is, is in the midst of where the Palestines are, so the Philistines, which are the enemies of Israel. Um, We'll talk about that some other time. Amen. So he said, and it will happen that when you have come to the city, you will go, you will go up to meet the prophet, and coming down from the high place with a string of instruments, tambourines, flutes, and and a harp before them, and they, sh- they will be prophesied. And he said, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be turned into another man. Now, this aspect is saying that when you are in that service, God will be impacting you. But this is the part that I want to really emphasize on. He said, let it be, when these signs come upon you, you shall do as occasion demands. There is the part of God impacting you. There is the part where you need to do, know what you are supposed to do. I was privileged to be um, among one of my, one of my friends, and uh, that God has placed in my within my reach to mentor. So I was, I I had a meeting with some church, Seattle church leaders. So after the meeting, we were having a youth gathering. So I just went there and I stood at the back. I just listened to what they were saying. So it was, it was quite, and you know, they were asking a lot of questions. And I was, I had to kind of um, help me out with a couple of things. And I was, I was really impressed because I was saying, so I said, I'm, I'm happy, you know, this is what I want to see. I want to be able to see and see, check on what you, you guys and where God is placing you. And you're doing what God is asking you to do. But what am I trying to point out is that after doing the conversations, one of them was asking me because we were asking me a couple of questions. So I had to come in and answer some questions. And after I did, I wasn't intending to do teachings, but we had, I had to explain a couple of things to them. And things like, one of them, one of the young girls there stood up and they said, why is it that they don't teach us these things in our church? Why is it that this is, this is, this is, this is and I said, calm down. She, she, she now said, and I'm, putting, I'm speaking this about, putting about the particular thing. He said, he said, he said, why is it all we do is revival? I said, and I said, we should be doing X. I said, no, I said, the problem is not a revival. The problem is that 
after the Spirit came upon you, you are not told what to do. So you come, the Spirit comes upon you, you are impacted, but there is nothing to give. Because you are not, I see your frustration. Because we're talking about different kind of things. And I was trying to explain to them, like, you know, how wish I, I said, you know, that is the gap that needs to be filled. There is a lot of impactation going on. Like when we finished the service, God was saying, anoint everybody. I am impacting them. Yes, but the challenge at times is now that people are impacted, how are they going to use it? How, what are the avenues to, to impact your, your, your society? So, so I said to her, I said, don't be quick to say, revival doesn't make sense. It, it does. Because that is the place of impact. But there is the part where you are called to go and do as the occasion requires you. And one of the things is that at times is, is, is our, our, our view of how, how a church should be set up. Which I think is causing a lot of a lot of especially in the generations coming up is that is that is that is that it's it's causing a lot of um now. You know when when you hit so much and you have nowhere to pass it out, it becomes constipation. So what you are eating that is making you smile. It will get to a point, you will be hitting and it will make you cry. Because you are taking in and there is no way for you to get up. Now, I have loads of people that you know that this, in this particular man, I don't know if you have, I don't know if you've heard about him before, Ryan Bunker. This is the, this is not. Photoshop, this is actually human beings. As of now, he has had 78 million point five as at his website today, 78.5 million souls giving their life to Christ. In case some of you have had my phone for for over a year. Sorry, there's a pain. For over for over a year. For over a year, it's it's been uh, sorry. For over a year, if you check my phone, that's a, it's, it's pictures my screen saver. You get what I'm so when people look at my phone, I'm like, what what is this on on the screen saver? Over a year, it's been my screen saver. Hallelujah. We had it over to the next generation. But what I'm trying to say, like, you know, different people value different things. Amen. So you, you get what I'm trying to say. Now, what am I trying to point out is in this? This man in his church, he sits down in the, in the, in the crowd. Bunky doesn't preach in his church. Not his church, the church he attends. But see how many millions God is raising to his hands. But he understands that he's been impacted to go and do something else. 
if we were to be in another church, you wouldn't even have of this. You would say, excuse me, I have been, I have been underutilized inside this church. <laughs> but he understood that. Yesterday when I was, after I, I, got, I got speaking, some people some girls came to me and they said, ah, no, we want you to come to our church. So I, said, I said, it's not my, I said, it's not, I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's not my job. It's not my role, they put that way, to come out. It is my role to impact these people that are impacting me. So what does that mean? Some of them will be having access to greater crowd than I will ever do. But I'm not offended. I have people that I mentor that have written three books. I'm not written one. I'm not offended. <laughs> Why? Because I know my place. And I'm not trying to be what I am not. So what am I trying to say? And one of the reasons why people are receiving so much in the church and they are not going out is because somebody like this man, since he was young, somebody told him that, excuse me, you would, you would be in the church and you'll be coming in and sitting down. And you'll be listening to your pastor preach. And when you go out there, God will be using you to raise millions. Another person you have is this man. He's, he's, on, he's, he's, he's still alive, but he's very, very ill now. His name is David Paulson. This, arguably, is the best Bible teacher existing in her, on her table. Those who study scriptures will tell you that. He's an elder in his church, he doesn't preach. He doesn't preach. Maybe when they give him one or two opportunities, he preaches. But aside from that, he sits down. And he's touching millions across the world. The reason why. And so when you speak to men like this, and you go, ah, I'm not being utilized, what they see is that you have no clear view of what God places the church to be for you. You're supposed to come, be impacted, so that you can do something outside. Ephesians chapter 4 says us that. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, some people will say that, you know, I don't have enough. Okay, one of the one of the questions yesterday was just interesting because it was a thing that was doing a pre a pre service yesterday. Is that is that one of them was saying now, which is quite important. Someone said, "I don't have what to give." Now, see, when you have most of the reason why you are not adding value to yourself is because you don't believe that you have to add value to somebody else. I was speaking to one of. Our guys here, it's not him today. He called me yesterday. He was in Manchester. He's doing, doing a master's and something. And his idea is that I want to do this so I can get this so that I can be able to impact people more. And now, you can take it from what Jesus said in John. John chapter 17, verse 90. Jesus said, For their sake, I sanctify myself so that they can be sanctified. 
I was talking to someone and I said, see, when you get to a point where you are, there are things you have to do, but you do not do them, not for your sake, but so that the fact that you can impact other people. Jesus said, I am going to sanctify myself. I am going to add value to myself. So that the more I had value to myself, they, they also have value added to them. The reason why you still feel that, you know, ah, because the reason why you don't want to improve on yourself, because you think it's all about you. I'm okay. But God is saying, no, there are people you need to impact on, but you need to improve on yourself so that you can impact on them. See, when you don't understand these things, you will begin to, that's when you begin to say, yeah, people begin to talk about, ah, that person is just, he, he, he just wants all the money of the world. It's not, in his mind, he has nothing to do with that. I was listening to John Maxwell, and John Maxwell said he went to, him and his wife went to, um, a financial advisor, and they were talking about how do we want to draw up a plan. And that man was thinking they were going to draw up a plan. He said, no, we want to draw up a plan so that everything that we have will go out to people before we leave this world. So when you see him selling books, when you see him going there, doing conferences, X, Y, Z, the mentality is different. The mentality is different. Why? Because once you know this, see, there are certain things that it is not only prayer that answers them. Jesus, as the Bible says that in, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 21, 25, it says that the general soul shall be made rich. He who waters, he himself will be watered. So, instead of saying, God, water me, God is saying, no, as you commit yourself to blessing other people, I become a blessing to you. See, you know, um, the disciples of Jesus were having this conversation. Who is the greatest? And Jesus said, no, the way you do understand greatness in the kingdom of God is when you are ready to serve. You can be the greatest of all if you are ready to serve all. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we begin to come into some, to view some crux of this, let's go to Luke chapter um, 37. No. No, Luke chapter 37. Luke chapter 6, verse 37, sorry. He says, do not judge and not be judged. You shall, be, you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Now, Jesus now said, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Shake to the that shall, sorry, will be put into your bosom. When you read the King James Bible, you will say, will men, not God, will men, Give back to you. That's what the King James Version says. Now, when I read the scriptures, I was a bit confused. Why? Why would Jesus be saying, judge not, and end it up with giving? Because what you give 
is dependent on your perspective of something. The reason why you would not touch somebody's life is your judgment of that thing. It wasn't necessarily talking about only in the context of, ah, don't fight, don't, that's the, because he linked the two together. Why? He was saying that, you know, once your judgment is right, then you will be able to give. You know, we read this last week and I felt that it was quite interesting that we put it up again in Matthew chapter 5. He says, here is another way to put it. You are the light of the world. You bring God's color to the world. God is, is not a sector that should, a secret, sorry, a secret that should be kept. We are going public with this. As public as the city on the hill. It says, it says you, are, you bring God's color into the world. Your job is to bring color into the world. Now, the question now is that, you know, it's quite interesting when I read this, when Jesus says in, um, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel. This statement gives me some kind of, makes things confusing. Do you know why? He said, preach the gospel to every creature. <laughs> Do you know that dog is part of creature? <laughs> so, how does he expect you to win your dog for God? <laughs> I mean, did Jesus make a mistake? Should I say, excuse me, sir, human beings, sir. So when he said, go into the world and preach the word, the gospel to every creature, what he's saying is that make sure everybody know, comes in line with the purpose of their creator for them. Now, A couple of things that we would look at is the story of the Good Samaritan. How many of us have heard about the story before? The story of the Good Samaritan. A man got robbed. We talked about it last week in a different dimension, but we want to look at it today again in another dimension. A man got robbed and as he got robbed they, um, they, got, they, got, they took everything that belonged to him the thief um, the thief sorry the thief robbed him and the Pharisees came they saw him and they left the church members same they saw him and left and the, the Levite and a man called the good Samaritan helped him out one thing I want to first of all say is this. Jesus pointed out something. 
What did they point out? Every one of them saw it. So it's not like, ah, maybe I did not see. He made sure that he made us understand. Every one of them saw it. But what was different? Their perception of what is all. And I love what John Maxwell said. He says, how you view things determines how you do things. So when they all saw the same thing, that man needed help. But some people passed by and some people stayed because of the way they saw things. So, I would, I want us to understand one thing. It just, I'm sorry, I, I would have to skip a couple of things and come back. Please, if you just go to, to a, a slide there that talks about the three, the Pharisees. So, we are looking at those, yeah, the next one. Let's let's even go to the first, the next one. Sorry, the next one. Now we are talking first about the thief. You know, we have three characters now: the thief, the Pharisees, and the Levites, and the Good Samaritan. The thief is the one that says, "What is yours is mine, and I'm, I'm, I am going to take it." I know people don't have that kind of view. Amen. But every one of us has that kind of view in us. Do you know why? When you have a small child, what belongs to you, they take it. But when he spoils, it's your. The view of things is that, is that, and that is the view of a thief, the robber in the story. What belongs to other person is his own. And I'm going to take it. The other one, if you go to the slide before, is the Pharisees. The Pharisees believe that what is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. That, you know, it's, it belongs to me. My time is my time. I hand it. I am going to, I have my diary already fixed. I, you, you, you would not have, you would not come to disturb my plans. Can I say something to you? Is that even God is saying that you should win the world. But can I have a slide before that? And the slide before that, sorry. And he says, he says that people do not care how much you, you know until they want they until they know how much you care. The reason why you are not winning anybody for Christ is because I could, could it be, or the advice you're giving the people, could it be that people are not listening because they, they just, they are not sure do you really care. Because nobody wants to know how much you know until you begin to show them that you care. God help us in Jesus' name. 
We're talking about adding value to our, to our, to, to our, to our community. You see, it's, it's important that when, you know, when the Pharisees are the ones who say, what is mine is mine and I'm going to keep it. But what they do not, when you have that kind of attitude, is that you don't understand God created everything. It's like the Pharisees, it's like the man in Psalm, Psalm 24 that says that the head is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You know what, if I... If I asked someone and I said, I need 20 pounds. Do you know that? I believe somebody will give me 20 pounds here. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. But you know that if I gave you 20 pounds outside and I said, oh, I will need that money when I have you. Yeah, you, be, you would, when I say I need 20 pounds, now what will you do? You will stand up and give it to me. Why? Because you understand that that money is not yours. The reason why at times people are so holding back is because you don't realize what you have does not belong to you. The reason why someone will be quick to give me 20 pounds is because I gave it to them. And so when I say, give me the money, quickly they will rise up and say, take it. The reason why other people will be reluctant is because they are thinking, no, that money belongs to me. And that is the way God sees things when, he, when, he, when, when he's asking people to touch people, other people's life. Because you have a perception that what you have in your hands was given to you by yourself. Abad Heistan said, just two slides before, hold, please. Um, he says, a person starts to live when he can begin to live outside himself. A human being begins to live the day you begin to live outside yourself. See, when even and I'm, I'm going to point this house to, out to us. When we read Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7, it says, But ye say, what shall, sorry, but ye say, if a man shall search his father or his mother, it's a covenant that is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited, so I profited by me, shall be free. I'll explain for our so it's just because I'm reading King James Version. It says, but ye suffer him no more to hold for, okay, but let me explain it, this. What Jesus is saying here, can we read, okay, should we read another version? Maybe that'll be easier. Hallelujah, amen. It says, no, I, 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 I was one who selected King James and I selected it for a reason. But you say, uh -huh. if 
a man tells his father or his mother, yeah. whatever you, you would have gained from me is Corban. Yeah. That is giving to God. Uh-huh. Then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. You have stopped them from giving to their parents. Yeah. Thus making void the word of God by your tradition. Now he said Jesus is saying that you have made void. This version says you have made the word of God of no effect. Basically, when we let me put it in our own interpretation, when your spiritual church life hinders you from touching people's life practically outside the four walls of the church, you are making the power of God of no effect. Because what Jesus was saying is that they see their parents and what they are supposed to support their parents with. They said, no, this is a gift for God. And Jesus said, you have made the word of God of no effect. The question is that, are Christians becoming less powerful? Not because you are not praying, no, but because aside from you and your family, there is nothing you are doing to anybody outside There is nobody you are you are trying to add value to. It could be your customers at work. You are thinking not because I want to be good, but you know these people must listen to something good. These people must have a good experience. You are adding value to people. You are adding value to people. Romans chapter eight. We're going up, please. Romans chapter 8, verse, um, God bless you. Romans chapter 8, it says, For I consider the suffering of this present moment is not worthy to be compared of the glory that shall be revealed in us. Why? Because the NX expectation, the creation is eagerly awaiting. Nobody is awaiting somebody that is going to have to their problem. They are looking for somebody that would provide a solution, comfort to the challenges that are facing. May God grant us understanding Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. So what am I trying, what are we looking at today? Is adding value. Make it, see, one of the questions I was asked, they asked me yesterday, and I said, see, you will never know how and this is scripture. You never know how much God has given you until you stepped out to bless somebody. In that, in prayers, or whatever the case may be. Now, this is the way the apostles understood it. Second Corinthians chapter, second Corinthians chapter, um, God bless you now. We we'll, won't be moving back and forth now. It said, it says, second Corinthians chapter three, verse two to three. He says, ye are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read by all men. What is Paul saying is that you, the people that we are touching, are the epistles that is written to all men. For as much as ye manifest and declare to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, not by him, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets, but on flesh, or but in fleshly tablets of your heart. What is he saying is that, see, 
When we stand before God, that's why I love the song that we sang, Liberacy. Kilaoro, Kilaoso, Nibati Baba. See, it is not how much tongues you speak. Those things are not in, it is the life that you have touched. That's why they said, I know our epistle, our CV is not, can I tell you that? See, if you have a PhD and there is nobody you are adding value to, that PhD is still a liability. Because you don't get returns of that PhD until you begin to solve the problem. Does that make sense? So no matter how much God impacts you, gives you gifts, if you are not influencing anybody's life, that gift is still a liability. So the question is this, is that as an individual, what is your epistle? What are you writing to the world? If God is going to read your scripts, what Paul is saying to us that, no, God doesn't say, Paul, I know, God looks at human lives that is written on, and he goes, yes, that is Paul's script. I can see how he puts a smile in somebody's face. My understanding of scriptures. At times people say, ah, God, you can Dawasi, Dawasi, Yoshi. And God is like, what are you talking about? What work? If you are if your job is to is to see, at times, at times we look at big opportunities. And there's one thing that I heard is that, you know, you start from where you are. Stop looking for great opportunities. Maybe for you, it could, all, it could, it could, be, it could be just cleaning the chairs and praying over those chairs that God has somebody sits on those chairs. Let their lives be transformed. And you will see that if, stop, if somebody's life is transformed, what will happen? Your whole life, God will add it to your, to, to your CV. There was a day I was speaking to somebody in university there. I was ministering. So I saw it because the people gave their life to Christ. So, and, and I, was, I was taking notes of what, they were say, of what they were saying. So, you know, somebody gave their life to Christ. And some people may have, may require a follow-up. So I took, I saw her address. So I went to her house. I was doing visitation. So I went to her house. And I was talking to her. And she said, I'll never forget. She said, you think I just know God? I just, yeah, I'm just getting to know God. I said, uh, yeah, but you know, from your, I said, here, I understand what you say. But you think that, you know, I said, before you came and became the pastors before you, this one, my orgasm. <laughs> and you were saying that, you know, I listen to everybody's sound. I have been there and things like that. But what thoughts are that brought her to tears 
And he said, God, I would begin to, I would dedicate my life to you. Very simple. She came to church that Sunday. She saw a flower that was decorated. And as she came and she saw that flower, that thing said to her, if somebody can spend their time to do that, how, how useless are you for me? And she could not stop crying. Pastors have been preaching and screaming. You did not catch anything. Somebody woke up in the morning, beautified the altar, and she saw the excellence in that thing. And God ministered to her and said, See, do you know how much time it took that person to do that? Please, if that girl, if that lady, eventually, and her children know God, whose account will it be? It will not be in the account of the pastors. It will be in the account of that person that did that. Can you now imagine in that service? Ah, all I've been doing, I just come here, all they tell me to do is just to do, is just to do a um, flower at my age with all that I have achieved. They will get to heaven, God will say, I put somebody in your care and you failed them. How? The day you were supposed to wake up and come in and sort out the flowers, you think you were too big for that. And so many people that you're supposed to have value to, but because, and see, the reason why at times you want certain opportunities is because, it's or we, human beings, it's because you're, it's not about having value to people, it's about having value to yourself first. I was in, 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 in our previous church and when I came there, now, when I, when, when I wanted to come there, God gave me a word. And God said to me that that church that you're going to, I'm giving you one responsibility. I want you to go there and sweep Go there, make sure you sleep. People who are in that church will know me. At times, when service will finish, I will wait. Sweep the whole church as big as the church is. And even when I am not coming, or when I'm running, when I'm, I will not come early on Sunday, I will come Saturday evening. I come at clean. And, and one day, somebody said, ah, God told me that, you know, there is something, whatever it is, and things like that. So I began to teach the Bible. And to the glory of God, people's lives began to change, but I never left my sweeping. There was a man that joined the church. That man came one day and he saw me teaching. And he went home and he told his wife, he said, ah, I've never seen a young boy like this in this home that teaches the Bible the way this guy teaches the Bible. And he's like, they were sitting at home 
or I don't know whatever else happened. What am I trying to say is that he now came, I think two Sundays after, he now saw me sweeping. So he, he didn't understand what was going on. So he went home and told his wife, said, I don't understand what's going on. I said, I don't understand how somebody can be teaching the scriptures and at the same time be the one sweeping the, the floor. He said, I've been inside for a while. He said, I've not, I've not seen much of that. That was what brought the whole family to church. Nobody knew who this man was until when, that was the day when Baba, um, Baba Ladura came to do an opening while they were doing the salary. And Baba saw him. Baba said, ah, Baba, she won't invite him. No, this is my church. He said, what? He said, uh, I said, I have found Jesus. He said, all this title, it will not get me anywhere. Nobody knew. Why? Because he was sitting at the back of the church. His wife went to meet B with the Lord couple of years later. And he said to me, he said his wife on her deathbed said, whatever happens to you, don't distance yourself from that boy. Sazamat, what gave them a conviction was not that I could preach. Was but because they could see somebody who was ready to serve. When they gave me the preaching opportunity, I would have said, you know what, well, now that I'm teaching, I should not be the one cleaning the chairs. And I would have stood before heaven, and God would have said, you failed me. Please, take the heart to serve. It doesn't matter what touches people. <laughs> is when they know how much you care rather than the grammar you want to speak. May God grant us understanding in Jesus' name. So, we, where has God called you to have value? Who have you walked past? Because you, are, you think what belongs to me. My time is my time. Oh, I don't have time for all these kind of things. I am too, I, I am, I am too, uh, you know, where, where I'm coming from. They don't talk to me like this. So excuse me. And they just leave, they just missed a soul. You know, one of the things, my, he was talking to me yesterday and he was complaining about it. Said, so I said, I see some of my colleagues, they are more about building empires rather than chasing souls. I know it uh, broke my heart and I said, you know, these things are there. People are more concerned about how they how they address them rather than which soul is missed is missing. So we are told to win the souls to win the world for Christ. 
And I'll hand it on this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. He says, Now, he said, my, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go to Jordan. Go over this Jordan. Thou and all the people which have given you. Why am I hearing on that? Ah, no. Those kind of jobs is for great people. God is saying, I've seen Moses, but you need to start from now. Maybe your own case may be, I don't know what God is laying heavy in your own heart. And there are people that you have seen and walked past. Or you have held back because you think what you have belongs to you. You worked for it. But when that fire, when that good Samaritan came and he saw, he knew that you know what God, what he had was not his. It came from God. The Bible says, all good and perfect gifts come to God. Please don't let us make the work of God of no effect. Like Jesus said. Because you are more concerned about spiritual things in inverted commas than actually touching human lives. That's why Paul said, if you are speaking in tongues and there is nobody who can interpret, shut up because you are not impacting anybody. Do you know that, do you know why Jesus preached less in the synagogue? Because there was not much people in synagogue all the time. They only came annually and went to where people were. Because ministry is about touching people. Changing lives. All alone if you was in there. Amen. Amen. Let us rise up. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.